0: Hello and welcome to the Kitty Talks podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur, success and business coach, and I'm the co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders who are changing the world. This podcast will show you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma program. This seven-week online program will help you let go of anything holding you back and unlock your greatest potential. We've now had over 80 women and three very evolved men go through the program with incredible results. The next time I'm launching my program will be May next year, 2020. And at the moment, there is an early bird program price of 395 pounds that will go up to 595 pounds in april so if you're interested in joining us go to www.doyourdharma.co.uk now without further ado i will see you on the other side So in this podcast, I interview Winston Clements. Winston Clements has a mission to inspire a billion people to unleash their full human potential. You will fall in love with this beautiful human being. By the age of 12, he had fractured himself 150 times. Winston has brittle bone disorder and is in a wheelchair and he's only three foot tall but he is such a man of stature. He has taken a stand for the quality of life that knows no limits and in this podcast you're going to hear how he got through his own mental boundaries and how he is now inspiring and empowering so so many people and he describes the sense of fulfillment that he gives him And you'll also hear how he followed his breadcrumbs to really uncover his correct path in life. But yeah, please, please, please give me your feedback on this podcast because he's such a gorgeous, gorgeous human being. So hello and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to... Basically, do your dharma. <laughs> and today's episode is going to blow you out the water. I've just been having the most amazing conversation already with Winston. And this man inspires me so, so much. I'm just going to read a little from his bio because I just thought it was beautiful. So, Winston Ben Clements, welcome to the, to the podcast. Thank you. It's
1: great to be here.
0: <laughs> oh, this is going to be such a good conversation. You in your, in your bio it says you were predicted to live a life of isolation and pain due to a rare bone disorder that has stunted your growth and it's caused your bones to be extremely fragile fracturing more than 150 times by the, t- the age of 12. Despite your stature which is three foot tall and use of a wheelchair Winston has taken a stand for a quality of life that knows no limits and I absolutely adore that Winston and I've got already massive massive goosebumps um, Winston is a speaker trainer and he empowers audiences worldwide to break through their own barriers and his mission is to inspire 1 billion people 1 billion people hope you heard that right to unleash their human potential and I am so chuffed to have you on the podcast Winston thank you so much for joining us
1: I am so excited to do this. We've been talking about this for a while, so it's good. It's good to finally be here.
0: Absolutely. Winston and I met probably back in May, didn't we? We had dinner together and there wasn't mm-hmm. a really kind of a dull moment, like we literally just talked and talked and talked.
1: <laughs> I think our food got cold.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> but Winston, I, you know, I was been so excited about having you on the podcast because I touched on this literally right at the beginning before we came on. But, you know. <laughs> Your story is so empowering and so inspiring, and you travel around the world speaking, empowering people to let go of their limitations. You know, and I would love for you to share with us your journey, your story, because I, I think I said this, you know, right at the beginning. You know, in the kind of body lottery terms, you know, you you probably haven't won the lottery in a, in that sense, you know, and and I'd love to know how you managed your mindset to get mm. you where you are today because you are you know your dharma journey has been inspirational the people you've met and connected to but how did you get over that initial like you must have had that kind of oh shit what do i do type of moment
1: <laughs> yeah and and i think i think the the thing is you, you can never fully get over something as profound as being born with brittle bones disorder right um and the way I compare it because I talk a lot about resilience um and it's a quality that I realized that I built up over time um and the good news for anyone who's listening is you know because it's something that we can build up almost like going to the gym and working on your muscles you know we all have that opportunity to you know on day one of the gym, not look amazing, mm-hmm. but, you know, on day 50 or day 60, you can look a little bit better than you did uh, two months ago. So so with my story, you know, like you said, I didn't win the body lottery, although I think <laughs> my face is quite cute. Uh, yes, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, you know, just taking you back a little bit to my childhood. You know, even when I was born, I, I actually experienced fractures during the birth itself.
0: Ooh. Um
1: yeah, so really unpleasant. I don't know if you have ever experienced a fracture.
0: At all, I fractured Kitty. my finger. Yeah, and painful, that was in- oh, the, literally the the big popped out the bone, and oh my god!
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I used to, actually, funnily enough, I've never fractured a finger. My <laughs> fracture to be, Yeah, everything <laughs> you know, everything's more serious, like an arm or a leg or or ribs, um, collarbone was a popular one. Um, and it wouldn't be. It would even be anything high impact. You know, I wasn't playing rugby or anything. Um, it would be in everyday situations, you know, there'd be, I remember an example where a relative, an uncle of mine who was visiting us from, I think from another country, um, yeah, because I was really young. I, I hadn't seen him before, basically. And he came to the house You know, and he was excited to see me. Presumably he'd heard about me and stuff like that. Um, And he was excited to meet his nephew, right? Mm. And he came up to me um, and in a very loving way just went to pick me up, just how you would uh, with a child, you know, Mm. who's five or six years old. uh, Six years old, sorry. And when he picked me up, he actually dislocated my shoulder and broke my arm.
0: Oh, my God. And, and at that um, age, they didn't so know. So You can imagine. Did they yeah. know it? They didn't know at that age then you had this brittle bone disease.
1: They, they knew I had, they knew about the disease, but I don't think anyone ever imagines that you could injure somebody that badly, a child mm. that badly, just by picking them up. Mm. So he, he was being careful, but it's just that I was so fragile at the time. Um, So, you know, screaming in agony, had to be rushed into A&E, had to, um, I don't remember the details, I probably had to have surgery for that. Um, And, you know, now thinking back, I'm wondering, you know, it it just makes me feel really sad, um, in a way, you know, for people who tried to interact with me back in those days, because they didn't really have an easy way of approaching me. Um, And that sort of carried forward into school. You know, I was in situations where at school, teachers would tell the other kids, oh, be careful, don't play with him too much because you might injure him. Um, Mm -hmm. And so so there were several of those situations. And I think just to kind of fast forward and then we can come back and dive into a a few more things, um, I managed to get through school, get through university and... Ended up working for corporations um, in IT. I'm a bit of a tech geek. I think we were talking about Facebook ads last time we met um, and kind of sharing a bit about that. Um, and then I, t- I guess it got to a point where I wanted to use some of the lessons, some of these stories of resilience, some of the the challenges that I've overcome um, to hopefully share and to teach people that they too can overcome whatever situation they might be facing mm. because I think – I think uh, adversity is very transferable. You know, Mm -hmm. just because mine is physical, yours might be emotional, somebody else's might be financial or relationship. You know, the lessons are very transferable. So I'm hoping to be that vehicle of saying, hey, you know what? If this little guy in a wheelchair can actually get out there and do some stuff, like reach 1 billion people, then. I was going to say, do some stuff.
0: So you, you want to inspire a billion yeah, but people. Maybe we
1: all have an opportunity.
0: Yeah, one billion people to unleash their full human potential. That's quite a goal. How did you come up with that?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's we, we, hear, we hear a lot about setting big goals. Um, and I remember initially I'd said one million people. Um, and I was working with a coach at the time who said, why, why did you come up with one million million?" um is it just a number that you like or you know what was it about one million does it actually resonate with you and i was like funny enough it doesn't resonate with me enough Mm. um i feel like it needs to be higher (laughs) um and so in the end i decided i wanted to have a global impact and for me one million is significant but it's not global enough um and so I up pushing for the billion. And, you know, hopefully by sharing with you, Kitty, and sharing with your audience members, then can bring me that little one step closer to that big number.
0: Mm, and are you measuring it? Because, you know, podcasts, we, we're, you know, 10,000 people just on this podcast. So you want right, to yeah, put it, in? All right, you could. put
1: them in. Yeah, I think, I think I need to do better with my tracking. Yeah, definitely need to do better with my tracking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm going to go and add the 10,000 in
0: there. <laughs> and you said that you really took the traditional path in a way, you know, you went to school, you got, you went to university, you yep. found yourself working in IT. When did you know that actually that wasn't enough and that you wanted to serve humanity?
1: Yeah, and um, I think it was, it was by accident, um, really, when I look back on it, I'd like to say, this is all part of a big plan and, you know, I knew I was always going to do this. Um, and I think on some level intuitively I felt that I I could give more to the world because I've always been that person who, even when I'm out in the street, because I'm fairly independent, I drive a car, um, you know, I travel a lot for work. I think we met when I was mm. down in Hampshire to, to work with a client. Um, so so I do get around and in those Journeys in those situations, I meet with so many people, and they're curious because it's not it's not very normal to see somebody who is in my container that does what I do um, and what I started to realize was I actually do talk to a lot of people, a lot of strangers really um because people just feel comfortable in approaching me and i can I, I can almost look back and see that when I speak to them and say this is who I am, this is what I do, this is my story, I could see almost like the light bulb moment um, flash for them. Mm. Um, and I could see them, you know, feeling really, um, well, I can't say for sure, but I felt I was empowering them in some way, mm. you know, just by showing them what is possible, right? Because we all have these limited beliefs, we all have them around our finances, relationships, careers, purpose all these things um and sometimes you need that sense of perspective you need to see somebody else maybe somebody who doesn't have the same background as you or somebody who is from what you perceive to be a disadvantaged group right like somebody who's disabled uh also yeah or somebody who is just different a migrant whatever um and so what that made the penny drop for me was i started to think well if i'm having this kind of impact on people but on a one-to-one basis i wonder what kind of impact i could have you know with an audience or with a bigger platform um and i think that's when i started toying with you know how to get my message out to a bigger audience um and then the other thing that kind of maybe you could call this serendipity um, in that time I was working for a corporate job and I they started to ask me to do a lot more presentations so these were just corporate uh, presentations that I had to give regularly to clients that we were working with um, and I remember I, I wasn't really a fan of that side of things I was like I said an IT geek love working mm-hmm. with computers um, didn't really have I wasn't really comfortable doing the the presentation, soft skill side of things. Um, so I remember I did my first presentation and it was rubbish. your shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I thought, I don't want to keep doing these rubbish presentations, so I'm going to get some help. And so I went to something called Toastmasters, yes. which you may have heard of.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm. And, you know, for whoever's listening, you know, uh, Toastmasters is – a public speaking meetup. So you can go there, you can learn how to craft a speech, learn how to deliver deliver a speech, and basically share your message with an audience. Um, And so I did that. And when I joined Toastmasters, I, again, met somebody there who said, well, who really loved my story, who really loved my presentation. And he said he could actually see me doing, um, you know, reaching people on a bigger platform than Toastmasters. Um, and so he kind of encouraged me to apply for a TED talk, uh, which nice. I did. Yeah, and, and I think we in talked straight about away,
0: this way, didn't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. I got him straight, and I was horrified because I was I was kind of just doing it to shut him up because he kept asking me to apply for a TED, to apply for a TED talk, and I just kind of did it to say, look, I applied, and they didn't give yeah, it yeah. to me. I um, did, and I actually did, yeah, they did, and I actually did my TED talk in Chichester.
0: Yeah, that's that, that's right. <laughs> Chichester's where I live, and I've been trying to do a TED talk here for for years. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Um, maybe you'll get one in London. I've been trying to do one in London for a long time. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I kind of do the TED talk, and I was fortunate that when it came out, it got shared a lot um, by people in my network. And then from that, I started having organizations reach out to me and say, hey, Winston, um, could you come and do your TED Talk um, for our internal conference or for our staff away day Um, and those kind of things. And that's basically how I slowly started getting into professional speaking. Mm. Um, And then what I realized once I had a taste for it was like, oh, my God, you know, I'm having – such an amazing time. I feel like, um, you know, making a difference in a more meaningful way than anything I've ever done mm. in, um, in my IT career. Um, I'm reaching people, I'm helping them and I couldn't even get paid for this. It doesn't, mm. And it doesn't even feel like a job. So, mm. you know, for me, I knew that I I'd, I'd definitely found something that I wanted to explore further. Um, and also because it would it was, would also be another way of helping me reach that 1 billion target which I'd set myself. So mm, it would just win-win-win. Yeah.
0: See what you're describing Winston is what we talk about in my in my Dharma group which is how you followed your breadcrumbs. So what I mean by that is you literally you literally had signposts, didn't you? You literally had guides sort of saying, come and do this and come and do that. And initially you're a bit resistant. And then, of course, once you started to enjoy it, another breadcrumb would pop up and off you'd go and do that. And and obviously now you've got momentum and it's rolling. And And we talk about how your dharma unfolds, you see, when you have the courage to go towards it. Like the next piece of the puzzle is... Uh, unveiled, And it's such a great story. And I love the fact that now you've got the momentum because you can see the impact it's having on other people. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I presume that sense of fulfillment just really wants, makes you want to do it more.
1: It does. And, you know, uh, one question I get asked a lot is, you know, like, what is your proudest, um, I guess, moment in terms of my speaking career? Um, because I've, I've had a bit of a rapid rise. Mm-hmm. I only did the TEDx about 18 months ago. Um, but since then, I've done a ton of uh, events, corporate gigs, conferences. So I've been really fortunate to do so much in such a short space. Um, but to that question about my proudest moment, it's actually when I got a message. And actually, this message came in, I think it came in on the morning before I gave my Ted, TEDx talk mm-hmm. in Chichester. Mm-hmm. It was just a message, a random message on Facebook, because I also post Facebook videos from time to time. Um, and it was a message from somebody who wasn't a connection of mine. We're not friends on Facebook. Um, and I can't remember the kid's name, but it was a 14-year-old uh, boy. And he said, he because my profile on Facebook is public, where I share the videos, he said, I always tune in to your profile. Um, I used to post a regular weekly video. Every Tuesday at 8, I always tune into your profile to watch your video because it inspires me so much. And then he also went on to tell me that, um, he'd been getting bullied at school. Mm. Um, and just by seeing, well, he was getting bullied because he was different. Um, uh, for whatever reason, he didn't fit in to, uh, his particular group. He wasn't one of the popular kids. Um, and so he was a target because of that. Um, and then he said, just by watching my video, uh, my videos, um, it just made him feel so empowered and it made him believe that somebody from a background that isn't perceived to be popular or, mm-hmm. you know, not one of the traditional cool kids at school still has an opportunity to get out there and have an impact and help a lot of people and be smiling all the time. He said, you smile so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, this is to, to this day, I think mm-hmm. that's the most rewarding Beautiful. thing that's ever come through more than any. Gig or i stuff done
0: so far. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. When you get, you think about that ripple effect that you're causing in the world, and you know, it's worth it alone just for that little boy, you know, who, because yeah, you, you, know, you don't know who you're helping. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, what would you say to our audience? You know, everyone who listens to this podcast, they kind of have a deeper understanding of they have a purpose. They know that they have a purpose, and that purpose in some shape or form is to help other people. But they're, but they're nervous, they're stuck, they don't think they're good enough, they, um, probably 90% of the population, we probably tell ourselves that, you know, we're not good enough and who am I to do this and, you know, what would your, what would your advice be for that person?
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, try and give you some practical tips. Um, so I can relate to that, by the way. And I think that's for anybody who's looking, you know, to step into their purpose. Mm. It's not easy because we're conditioned to, well, we're conditioned to fit into society's way of working. You know, there are systems in place. And if you're one of those people that wants to color outside the lines, then, you know, it's 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 difficult for you because there's, there's not many pioneers who are doing things differently. Um, and so the way I can relate to it is when I was trying to step away from corporate and into speaking.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Because for me, I'd always thought of myself as I'm going to have this career in IT, going to work my way up, you know, the traditional way. And then, you know, at some point, retire or maybe start a business and then take it easy later on in life. The traditional path. The traditional path. Um, And so just to kind of give some practical tips that helped me sort of shake off the fears of stepping into my purpose. Um, number one was to, to let go of my ego. Um, because a lot of the time we talk about fear of, you know, like you say, some people are not sure whether they should start a business, uh, whether they should become a speaker, whether they should go traveling, whatever that passion is for them. And on, on face value, we think that this is fear. Uh, that's stopping us from doing it Mm -hmm. but I believe there's it's a bit more complicated than that I think it's actually ego because the ego comes into it when you think you know to use my example initially I I didn't want to go on the stage because I thought well I just did a crappy presentation at work I'm not gonna go up there and embarrass myself again Mm. Um, and it's the same thing you know why should I start this business or why should I go traveling or why should I get into that relationship when, you know, the last relationship was painful. Mm. I don't want to get hurt again. Mm. So your ego is protecting you all the time, all the time. Um, and I think what helped me with this particular thing was to move from a place of self and into service. Mm. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So then it became that me being on the stage is no longer about Winston. It's no longer about, how do I sound? Am I giving a presentation that is perceived to be a good presentation? Um, am I happy with how I, I'm dressed or, you know, what are people saying about me? It's no longer about that. Mm. You know, my mission when I'm on the stage is to serve the audience. It's all about the audience. Mm. It's all about giving that value. Like in the example of the 14 year old who messaged me on Facebook. Mm. Yeah. Even even if, it, if even if you speak to a hundred people, then only one person gets something. Then that's great. I've done my job, mm. um, and I think that that's been a massive thing for me, in terms of basically knowing that it's 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 more than about just Winston, mm. um, because we tend to be the centres of our own universes, mm, basically.
0: Absolutely, such <laughs> a great point. Uh,
1: yeah and so it's it's how how do you how do you step away from that and i think what you do here is incredible because i believe purpose is an amazing way of you know distancing yourself from self and into that bigger purpose that bigger um legacy and impact that you want to leave on the world um Mm -hmm. so for me that's that's a top tip for sure
0: that's so great really great tip and it's so true because we get so stuck in our own shit excuse my french don't we like we're not you know we're scared about this or we're scared about that or we're scared you know or we're not good enough or whatever else and it's so valid you know if you think about how many of those little boys you've helped that you don't even know about okay yes you know about that yeah. one boy and when you look at it like that it just moves you through anything you're holding on to about yourself and it really really motivates you to and I think I don't, you know my story, Winston, but um, and that's why I do what I do because it's about mm-hmm. it's about consciousness shift. It's about the world understanding everybody's got something they can contribute, and we've got to do something to help this planet. You know, so the sooner we wake more people up to doing their dharma and uncovering their purpose, the better. Yeah, come on, people, there's work to do, and I think the byproduct, <laughs> but the byproduct here is because if you're listening to this, like. Hopefully you'd agree, Winston, but I would never go back. Like the freedom that we've got now, the sense of achievement, the sense of satisfaction that, you know, you and I get to experience because we've moved through that fear. That's, that's the payback, you know. I, the way I look at it is we can create our heaven on earth and serve and help other people at the same time. And as we do that, our life gets better and better and better.
1: Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, I was listening to, I think it was another podcast, but he gave a really good analogy where he said, you know, the way the way he likes to think about any any challenge or any situation where you're trying to step up. So whether it's, you know, moving from employment into maybe running, you know, stepping into your passion or going traveling or doing that thing that you've always wanted to do, but you put it off. Um, so the way he sees it, it's almost like, you know going through a jungle and it's such a silly simple analogy but i love it for some reason um and he says you know you're on one side of the jungle um you know your goal your ambition your dream life is on the other side and you know you have to cross the jungle to get to get to that thing that you want um and most people are so afraid of stepping into the jungle because of course, it is true that in the jungle, there are bad things in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's, it's not going to be all plain sailing. Um, but the rewards, like you say, from getting, you know, going in there, you know, fighting whatever it is that you have to fight and coming out the other side, even if you're carrying a few scars, the rewards are so amazing and the mm. fulfillment is so high that it will make you wonder why you never did it sooner. Mm.
0: And it's, it's the hero's journey, isn't it, really, if you think about it. Like all of us, once we understand, <clears throat> that you know, we are on our own journey. We are on our own hero's journey, you know, and they're going to be tough moments that will decide you and will wake you up. Um, but like you said, you know, it's really it's the Star Wars analogy of... Uh, Luke Skywalker and um, Darth Vader, and he discovers that it's him, basically that he's fighting. You know, that that internal struggle that we have with ourselves, basically.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to do it alone either. I don't think, um, because I think I think one thing that I've learned is also being open to receiving help, um, and. It's a funny thing, you know, in terms of, and again, I think this is ego related. Um, We're not very good at asking for help. You know, many people are open to help. I'm open to helping as many people as I can. But as soon as I'm stuck, you know, my default reaction is to try and bash my way through that problem. Even if it's something that I'm not, is not my strong area, is not my strong point. I'd be much better off, you know, giving somebody a phone call and trying to talk through it or just hiring somebody to help me. So, you know, even when you're in that jungle, don't feel like you have to be in there alone. There's always other people that you can bring in mm. and actually build that team around you so that while you're in that jungle, you have people watching out for for those things that you cannot see because you're looking in a particular direction. Um that's been something that's really helped me accelerate as well just being okay that I've got blind spots and being okay that I I have people in my network who help me see those blind spots and and call them out for me
0: and uh, do you have a coach are you working with somebody at the moment
1: I do I uh, have many (laughs) yeah
0: I just think it's important for people to know that you and I have coaches. You know, it's like mm, we, mm. we help we help and coach others, but we also have coaches ourselves because I think, you know. But, oh, can I ask why yeah. you're a coach?
1: Yeah, so I have started coaching, um working with coaches about two or three years ago. Um, initially, probably not for the right reasons. Uh, I was working with. Um, sorry, I had a close friend of mine, Uh, she's since relocated to South America, but she had a really good experience with a coach, and she recommended him, Um, I didn't really know what I wanted in life at the time, but I just thought, yeah, this particular coach seemed to work for my friend, so I'm just going to sign up and see what happens, Uh, got nothing to lose, (laughs) Um, so I didn't really have a focus in particular for that coaching, my first coaching engagement. Um, and then we did it. Uh, it was like a three-month coaching uh, course. And initially, I was quite skeptical, like most people are around coaching, thinking, oh, my God, what a waste of money that was. They're telling me things I could have Googled and all of this stuff. Um, to three months later, seeing how much progress i made once we you know, identified what I wanted to do, and once I had that external person pushing me and pressurizing me and holding me accountable, um, and since then it's just become almost like wow, I I feel like I always need to have that external mentor or coach mm-hmm. to, you know, and and I say to, I say this all the time to just basically call me up on my own BS, mm-hmm. um because I think we all have BS, uh, some people more than others. So I have a lot. Um, and I just need somebody to say sometimes, you know what, Winston? That is a load of shit.
0: <laughs> stop it. <laughs> just stop it. Stop doing that.
1: Yeah, And do this thing instead. Stick to your goals. Stick to, stick to what you're good at. You know, outsource the things that are not for you. Um... Stop playing the victim because mm. you know you might imagine a speaker who talks about resilience never plays victim. Mm-hmm. He does sometimes. We all have sometimes. our moments. <laughs> we all have our moments. Um, and 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 yeah, that I believe just having that guidance, that additional guidance, brings out an extra twenty, thirty percent out of me. I think.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would definitely agree. I, you know, if you're listening to this, you're on the fence about getting support, like it accelerates your growth it so accelerates your growth because there's nowhere to hide i think when you're working with somebody in a group setting or with in a one-to-one setting um and you then you start to get be able to get to the stage where you can call yourself on your own bullshit like like i was saying to you this morning i said to winston i was having a oh why me moment this morning and of course i caught caught myself doing it and i was like for god's sake pull yourself together you know you're supposed to believe in divine timing for god's sake (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, but it's so true. We, we all need it we all need it um, and, and and yeah I think one of the biggest barriers like I touched on for coaching is people think it's all about money or it's some kind of scam um, because it is true there are good coaches and there are bad coaches out there so you need to be discerning
0: yeah,
1: be careful um, about your investment um, do your research and, but I think most importantly for me is I've gotten the most out of coaching when I've liked the person who I'm coaching with. Um, I've worked with a lot of coaches by now. And to be honest, all of them are really talented at what they do. But in particular, there were coaches who we just really got along. We just really clicked as humans. Mm -hmm. And they were not necessarily the most expensive coaches that are paid. Or they were not necessarily the most talented or the most, They didn't have the most prestigious titles. Um, But because we had this rapport and because I liked working with them so much, I was giving 150%, kitty all the time. Mm. You know, I just just wanted – yeah, yeah, I wanted to – it's like I wanted to impress them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or make them proud. It it almost becomes Mm. like a parental relationship, right? Mm. You know, how you want to go and win the race on sports day because your dad is watching in the crowd Mm. or – you know, get the A star because you know you know it's going to make your mum happy. It becomes that kind of situation. So, so yeah, definitely find someone that you like working with and who you like as a person.
0: Yeah, yeah, really good advice. So, are, we, I want to leverage and harness our audience, Winston, to to help and serve you because you've been helping and serving so oh, many thank people. You. Well, this big goal, this billion influencing a billion people, is not going to do itself. So. So, how can my audience serve you and, and assist you in your in your big vision?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're already assisting me amazingly just by listening to this um, and I think we've had an incredible conversation and you know for anyone who's listening for sure, definitely share this episode out if you got even one piece of value from this. Tag us. Tag um, us both. Tag us.
0: Yeah. Tag us. I love it when people tag me. Tag me
1: everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and I always respond to stuff. Like I try to be super engaged. So if I see a tag and I'll jump on it and I'll say thank you and talk to anybody. Um and and also just keep an eye out on my social media, keep an eye out on my website. Um, are we going to share that stuff in the yeah, show notes? Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. You,
1: you can, you can say, yeah. it, say
0: now if you want to, but we'll definitely put it in the show show notes as well.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say the website. The website is winstonclements.com. Um, and the reason you should keep an eye out for that is I post um, a lot of videos on there. Um, and I also post the events that I have coming up. So it might be that I might be coming to speak you know, in a location that's near you. So, you know, you can get to support me in person as well as on this podcast and hopefully be a good opportunity to connect and have a conversation and maybe grab some dinner, just how me and Kitty did (laughs) a few months ago.
0: Well, I can tell you, you won't regret it because it was a great conversation that we had. So Winston, thank you so much. Like, I (laughs) really enjoyed our conversation Um, and thank you for doing your thing. It's very empowering very inspiring and you're gorgeous really gorgeous so such a lovely human <laughs> thank <you>. being
1: <laughs> thank you for having me and we'll have to do this again
0: absolutely yeah absolutely keep me posted if i can help and serve you in any way let me know but guys if you're listening to this obviously go check out winston go follow him go say hello tag us in this po- in this instagram world that we live in um and you know, if you can think of a way that you, you can help Winston spread his message, get in touch. You know I'm not shy. I'm going to ask. I think what's the point in having a podcast if you can't leverage it to do more good in the world?:
1: 100 percent agreed. Mm-hmm.
0: But we'll see you next week with another amazing guest on Kitty Talks. But Winston, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you guys. Have a great week.
0: Take care. See you soon wasn't he amazing and he totally blows out the water any excuse you could possibly have look at what he's achieved in his life it just means that all of us can so so do the same we're here to empower we're here to inspire time to do your dharma people thank you so much for listening to the kitty talks podcast i do hope you've enjoyed this solo cast or this guest this week I try and interview the most amazing people so you guys can really get some insight into how you can build amazing lives in alignment with your soul. If you haven't already, come over and follow me on Instagram, Kitty underscore Talks, and I'm also on Facebook, and we have a free Facebook community, so why not come and join us?